We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for the last preseason NFL show for 2022. I'm going to be your host today, Sean, PSU fans too, Newsham. Joining me for our last show this year is Chris Jamino. Chris, how's it going on this lovely Saturday? I'm absolutely as deep as it gets into the worst professional football players available at the current time. Of course, you know, we have to wait till the spring to get the actual worst professional football players, USFL, XFL, but this is definitely where a lot of the guys that are going to play tonight are heading. Yeah, I mean, that is that is true. We're, we're going to see a lot of these guys at a time sooner than uh, you would think, I guess, because it's not that far till XFL season. For those of you guys watching, please make sure you smash the like and subscribe button. We appreciate it. Uh, it helps for us in terms of the algorithm. So definitely make sure you do that to let us know that you're appreciating what we're doing today. Last night, we had some hot takes that I think went well. And then we also had some that did not, Chris. What was your thoughts on last night's slate? I know a lot of people were all over Chuba Hubbard, and we had that conversation quite frequently. Yeah, I, I think by the end of that conversation, I was convinced that it wasn't as it was wasn't as off as I thought it was to think that Chuba and Foreman could do something. But I was more in line with what actually happened, where John Lovett I think outscored the both of them on that. And but then of course, for every good take you have, there's a bad take, and I was convinced that uh, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas would be a little bit more limited as they prepared them for the regular season. And I think DJ Dallas had like eight touches on one drive at one point. So that is not what I would call limited. So good, the good and the bad ended up making money. So who cares? 
that's all that matters. I will say I, after having that conversation, did not think any differently of the Chuba Hubbard conversation. I did not understand why people were playing him whatsoever. But, hey, I didn't play, so I didn't have any, any skin in the game, so I can't really make any comments, can I? Well, look, we're going to play a lot tonight, so let's get down. There we go. All right, into the slate. Guys, we are going to start off. The Fandle slate starts at 6. There's only one game on it that's different, so we're just going to sort of speed through that game and uh, talk about what we like in that, and then we will move on to the DraftKings slate. So the first game of the night, we have the L.A. Rams. They are up against Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, first thing that pops right out to me, Bryce Perkins. Uh, Bryce Perkins probably is going to get a full game here, but John Wolford could play. But Bryce Perkins with his rushing upside in full game, that is – literally about as good as you can get on the slate. Uh, looking through the rest of their roster as well, you see the running back situation is shallow. Receivers, they have been playing virtually no one all season. So what is your thoughts here on the Rams? Because I see a lot of appealing pieces, Chris. Yeah, it's just a repeat of what we've been saying pretty much the whole season. Now, this time, Wolford, uh, I think he got his, his thumbnail ripped off or some severe damage to his thumbnail. Uh, McVay said it's funny for him to hold the football. Not surprising, unless someone can convince me that it's – Able to, you're able to get over that in like two days time. I'm just guessing he's not going to play tonight and it's going to be all Perkins. So you're going to want to absolutely smash the lock button on that. I don't care how many other people know it. Like he's going to outscore everyone a huge percentage of the time in this spot. I mean, if you want to get some lineups that have, you know, some whatever downside variants baked into them, whatever, I just, I wouldn't do too much of it. Perkins is definitely going to do well at the running back position, a little bit less easy to tell what's going to happen here. Uh, Kyron Williams is going to come back. They cut, they cut uh, Calais, or I'm, I'm sorry, they had another back here. Uh, bottom line is it's just Williams, Ragus, and Funk that are going to be available tonight. Uh, Ragus is the guy who played for the Raiders last year and got a lot of run late in the games, uh, ended up getting some production, but he's not a particularly good player. Williams is a higher uh, caliber player, but we don't know exactly how much run he's going to get. So basically you're just left to sort of do some guesswork as to whether it's Funk Williams or Ragus who gets the most run, but any one of them is a decent option if you want to go there and make that case. At the wide receiver position, much simpler. McCutcheon's the easy call, 90% of snaps last week, crushing preseason. Looks like a pretty good player uh, for his draft capital, which I think was nothing. I think he's undrafted. So, you know, definitely want to go ahead and get him in your lineups. I mean, anyone else who's going to play for the Rams at wide receiver, very much in play. Jacob Harris, one of my personal favorites, but uh, Trammell and Aker is definitely going to be on the field a lot as well. Yeah, it's definitely a situation where, like, the thing is with McCutcheon is a lot of people are going to play McCutcheon. Uh, not saying they're wrong to do so. He's obviously a fantastic play. But just know that McCutcheon is going to come with a significant ownership uh, as well. Looking at the tight ends, uh, yes, Bryson Hopkins last week was pretty productive. I think that you can look at the tight ends here. Um, but other than that, there's just a load of good plays on the Rams tonight. Heading over to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we have the starters will not play in this game. So we have Joe Burrow, the likes of Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They're probably all not going to play. What is your thoughts on the Bengals tonight, Chris? Well, Trevion Williams is definitely going to be someone that you'll consider tonight because the running back position just really isn't that good across the entire board. So he's like an all – forget just you know any kind of showdown or short slate. Trevion Williams is in play for the entire slate. There's not a lot of great running back plays out there. So I think that that backfield's consolidated enough. There's – not much reason to believe that Jock Patrick at this point is deserving of a lot of touches. And Chris Evans is someone they're going to use in the regular season. So it would be unwise for them to run him out there for a significant period of time. Don't think that they'll do that. Um, as far as the rest of the Bengals are concerned, I'm not interested in the quarterbacks at all. They stink. But the wide receiver position is very thin. 
Uh, you've got, you know, Mike Thomas and Stanley Morgan not likely to play a ton, as you, you saw they did not play a ton last week. So it's going to be the majority of the game for Irwin, Trent Taylor, Kwame Lasseter, Kendrick Pryor, with the remaining players left on this roster. Lasseter was the one that got the production last week, my personal favorite of the group. But if you want to make a case for Irwin or Pryor, be my guest. Trent Taylor, not as much interest to me. Did I lose you? My mouse died for a second. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a situation where I do think the Rams provide a little bit more lack of options, but I do agree there are some good options over in Cincinnati. All right, we are now moving over to the main slate. We'll start off with the Commanders versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, something for you guys to note is that the Ravens take the preseason very seriously. Uh, that has not changed, so definitely keep that in consideration. Uh, we do expect some guys to play here for Washington. So like quick look here at the running backs and quarterbacks. I don't see very much that I'm interested in at all. Do you see anything on this team that makes sense to you? Yeah, actually Sam Howell, I think is a dart throw for, for bigger tournaments, right? Because he's, he's a guy that can get in the end zone with his rush, rushing ability. We saw him do that twice earlier in this, in the summer. So, I mean, he's definitely someone who has a non-zero chance of having a good night, not my favorite play on the slate, but certainly someone that I don't think you can immediately cross off the list with his skill set. Heineke's not going to play a ton, and certainly Wentz isn't going to play a ton here. So I think he could play at least a half, maybe a little bit more, depending on how things go. Um, other than that, the uh, quarterback position, uh, you know, the rest of the positions here on this team, not my favorite of the slate. Just too many guys playing for the most part. For sure. Moving down to the receivers here. Um, again, we do see a little bit of people being out in terms of Cam Sims. We expect he will not be playing the game. Matt Cole did not play last week. Uh, we probably expect the top end guys to be limited. However, Jahan Dotson played a lot last week. Obviously, as a Penn State fan, if Dotson's going to play, I'm a big Jahan Dotson fan. I think he is possibly the best receiver that was in this draft. I know, obviously, he didn't get drafted there, but I love Jahan Dotson. I think he's incredibly talented and incredibly good. What is your thoughts here with the Washington receiving core? Yeah, same with the running backs. I just think that there's too many guys that are going to play here compared to, you know, I just think Dotson can't be out there for 47% of snaps again this week. I mean, I suppose he could be, but you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys, I think, yeah, you'll end up seeing in this game, that's a little bit too much to spread compared to what some of these other teams are going around where you, you've got three, four, five, six guys on other teams. And uh, just at the end of the day, I think that Dotson ends up leaving with the better quarterbacks and leaves the back end of the roster to fend for itself here. I would think that maybe Dax Milne might be the guy who has the biggest shot here to do anything, but I'm disinterested in the entire group. For sure. All right, looking at the receivers, uh, there's, or I'm sorry, the tight ends. The tight ends here are a bit of a dumpster fire in terms of yep. – no one's really there. So we're looking yep. at two guys just signed. What are you seeing at the tight end spot tonight from this team? Well, I don't know how Armani Rogers doesn't play a massive number of snaps in this game. I mean, we're not, I mean, Logan Thomas just has no business being out there. I don't think we're going to see him, right? He just got activated for God's sakes. Um, these two other guys, Blenton and Hausman, I mean, do they even know any plays yet for how recently they've been signed? I mean, sure. they. You can learn quite a bit in a week, but, I would just say that Rodgers is for sure going to play a ton of snaps. He's on my board as one of the top tight end plays purely on volume. Not really a guy that I'm thinking is going to excite us with a lot of explosive playmaking. But if you're out there for as long as he's probably going to be out there, you can accidentally score a couple of fantasy points and make yourself viable. Tight end is generally garbage. Yeah, it is definitely a spot that is usually a bit tricky to look at. Uh, moving over to the Baltimore Ravens. 
we see Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown split pretty evenly last week. Um, I do like Anthony Brown from a perspective of he does have mobility. Anthony Brown can go out there and run if he wants to. So what's your thoughts here with the Ravens at the top end? Yeah, I think they both make the list as guys that could possibly get it done. They don't have the highest probability of getting it done because some other guys are going to play a little bit more on the slate, especially not on the fan duel. I don't think you really consider them with uh, Perkins in the mix. But I do think that because of their rushing ability and because of the Ravens style of play, I mean, one half of football is enough for them to generate enough fantasy points to be viable. So I don't think you can easily cross either one off the list. Yeah, definitely. Uh, looking at the running backs here, we saw last week uh, Tyler Beatty played a lot. Tyler Beatty, this is a guy that in college was a massive target machine. Dude was all over the games. He literally was catching eight, nine balls quite a few games last year. I think he had 50-plus catches at least last year for Missouri. So with that in mind, do you see a similar type of high snap count for Tyler Beatty here? I do. He's one, he's one of my top plays. I mean, not the very top plays. It's like my second tier of running backs for the slate. Uh, I would say that there's just a, a few too many bodies in here for me to say he's definitely going to have upside beyond that 43% that he played last week. But I would say for sure that he's one of the guys that has the most to gain from this evaluation type scenario that the Ravens are in, where they're trying to evaluate him versus Justice Hill as far as who they keep on the roster for the regular season. They've got Dobbins Edwards and Mike Davis that are for sure going to be on the team based on what we've seen. And then that four spots up for grabs there. I do think we're going to see Beatty get a ton of opportunities to try to make the team here tonight. So he's definitely in play. Mute button. Well, while Sean's on mute, I'll go ahead and get on to the wide receivers here. Shermar Bridges is one of my favorite plays on the slate here. When it comes to the Ravens, I do think that very much like what we saw with Tyler Batty, they're looking to evaluate the back end of that receiver room. And Bridges is a player who is definitely in the mix there along with Webb and Polk. I just think that of those guys, he has the best chance to produce and is why he would be my preferred option of those Ravens. Not particularly high on my list, but high enough that he's, he's you know going to be within you know sort of my core group of plays. Yeah, I will say that uh, the one person I would add here is Makai Polk. Uh, I do like Makai Polk a little bit. He was productive last year in college as well. Uh, so I definitely think he's valid. Now on to the tight end situation where we can be pretty certain there's going to be a decent amount of plays that people target here. Uh, despite not looking that shallow, Josh Oliver and Isaiah Likely are likely to be owned by people. So what is your thoughts on the Baltimore tight end situation? Well, it's a lot more shallow when you consider they play two tight ends like all the time or three tight ends. Like, they, I mean, these, there's a lot of tight ends out there for the Ravens. That's what they do. So that's why you see high, high snap totals for these guys. You know, Isaiah Likely, if you, you think it's schemed when you get 66% of your routes with a target. That's what happened to him last week. Eight for 100 and a touchdown. So, yeah, go ahead and think about playing him. He's pretty good. Looks like he's going to be someone they're interested in getting the ball to. Josh Oliver, meanwhile, playing 50% of the snaps, but he's out there run, you know, he's there's run plays half the time when he's out there. So like most of his plays just maybe by luck of the draw even have not been routes, but that's not his MO. That's not why he's out there. He's not like a run blocking tight end. So if it does fall in his favor, Oliver is a very good play as well. It's just a matter of him actually going out on pass routes, which I do think can happen. For sure. All right. Next, we will be moving over to the Philadelphia Eagles and Miami Dolphins. Starting here with the Eagles, 
Uh, we are expecting less snaps from Minshew today. However, with that situation at quarterback, uh, I don't think that any of these guys are in play. Don't even really have to think about it with some of these other options. Uh, do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that Net gets the bulk of the game for some reason. I've, I've seen some chatter around the beat community about that happening. It's still not something I'm interested in, though. Yeah, and similarly, when we look at the running backs, obviously we do not expect to see Miles Sanders here. However, these other four guys split incredibly even game last week. Do any one of these guys, uh, do you see any of them possibly getting extended work here comparatively, uh, comparatively to what they did last week? There's no way for me to know that. I mean, I would just venture to say that Brooks and Huntley are the guys that are the most likely to get extended run if there is extended run to be had. However, if that happened to be Kenneth Gainwell, he'd be an exceptionally good play. But there's, again, nothing for me to base that off of. I do expect them to be out there for something similar to what we saw, unless I get some sort of information that tells me otherwise, which makes them not among my favorite plays in the slate. For sure. All right, moving over to the receiving position here. We see Britton Kobe played 48% of snaps. Chris, did you know Britton Kobe is like 28 years old? I have no idea how old half these guys are. Usually some most of them are young, so that is a surprise. Yeah, but Kobe, I know he's going to be on the field a lot. Yeah, there you go. Kobe, uh, for those unfamiliar, played uh, in college at Utah and did a Mormon mission and felt like he was in college starting in like 2014, like was his freshman year, and he was like piled on, and he just finished up his season. Actually, what's funnier is he still had another year of eligibility left, I believe. Um, so, yeah, looking at the receivers here, uh, I see Deion Kane led the team in snaps. I know you are not a Deion Kane fan, so I'll let you talk about him a little bit. Well, look, he produced last week, so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be a fan of him if he produces in my lineup tonight. I do think that some of these deeper eagles are going to be in line for some run at the wide receiver position, right? Because if we're not expecting to see top quarterbacks in the game, then we sh probably shouldn't be expecting much Zach Pascal for sure, right? Quez and Rager, I mean, they're guys that didn't play a lot last week, so I don't know why I would expect them to go ahead and circle back and play a lot this week, it just looks like this is going to be an opportunity for them to work it out with Kobe Hightower and Kane again. And those guys should be getting significant run, at least in the back half of the game, if not starting in the second quarter or so. I mean, it's really, really looking like a good spot for these guys. And I'll definitely be playing uh, at least Kobe and Hightower and Kane are not people that I'm disinterested in either. Moving on to the tight ends. We are expecting Grant Calcaterra to make his debut here in week three. With that, it should thin out some of the tight end snaps here. Do you like anyone in this group at all? Well, just because of his skills, I like him, right? Like, I mean, there's, you know, you don't need a ton of tight end snaps. It's not like a situation where he's just coming back and I'd be worried about him not playing enough. You know, we saw what likely could, could do in 26% of snaps if you're a pass catching tight end with schemed uh, accountability in the offense. And I do think that that's what the Eagles do, just very much the same way that the Ravens do. So you could possibly see him get it done. He's not a top tight end option on the slate, but someone that I'm certainly going to have in my pool. All right, moving over to the Miami Dolphins. We have a situation here that I'll let you talk a little bit about uh, at, at quarterback. We don't really know what to expect from Teddy Bridgewater. We're not expecting Tua to play. What's there for would leave Skylar Thompson. So what are you thinking happens here in the quarterback situation for Miami? Yeah, I mean, I would I would just have to assume that Teddy's time was last week, right? Like, you know, they, they had like a stomach, weird stomach bug situation go around the team, which we still don't know who it affected and who's not going to play tonight. That's just incredibly frightening for this entire team right now. It's like the specter of which guys could potentially be sitting that we don't know about. But I would say that Bridgewater, being a veteran quarterback, that they're definitely going to want to have healthy for the start of the season, should not play more than a quarter if he even plays that much. 
I mean, that's my assessment. That is based on absolutely nothing else. And therefore, I would have Skylar Thompson, someone who's set to play over a half. And if Skylar Thompson's going to play over a half, I'm interested. He's a guy who can run around out there and make some plays. Yeah, definitely. Uh, looking into the running back situation here, I'm not seeing anyone that stands out. This has been a pretty murky situation the entire preseason, and nothing looks different for me here. Do you like anyone here? Nope. Too many, too many bodies, uh, too many guys. Just in general, this – for the regular season, that's how I feel about the Dolphins is they're, they're spread out pretty thin. And then it's no different in preseason. You know, all these guys have a chance to play some. Nobody's been explicitly ruled out. So it's just not a situation that I'm going to get my hands dirty with. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, based on what we've seen thus far this preseason, just not a spot in which you want to target. I would say the same about the receivers. However, Eric Izukama last week played a pretty significant amount with 57% of the snaps. I still am seeing seven here. I expect all seven of those seven to play. Do you see anyone that you like? We do have a couple guys that did play 50% plus last week. Yeah, I mean, it would probably just be, uh, Eric, just because of how, you know, how targeted he was down the stretch in that game. He just racked up a ton of PPR points late after a game that sort of didn't go Miami's favor in terms of play count-wise. He ended up making up his production in a hurry. Um, Not my favorite plays, though. I mean, this is like, there's a giant list of guys that you can make a, well, they could get it done and quite frankly for ownership reasons make excellent gpp plays but just not you know he's not the most probable play Uh, you know you can't really look at any of these guys and say that they're probable to do anything Uh, many of them could have zeros by the end of the night and it's a tough situation to fall in love with yeah moving over to the tight end situation uh none of these guys are good enough receiving threats for me to be interested in much here I would not expect Gasicki to play at all. Uh, so that leaves you down to Smythe, Hunter Long, and Seathan. Do you see anything different, or do you see Gasicki playing in this game? I mean, they've been proving that they're willing to play him whenever at this point in time. So, I mean, you could certainly see him out there. But even so, like you said, Hunter Long's the guy I think is going to play the most in this game. But the problem is I just don't see Hunter Long as a guy, no matter how much he plays here, is going to generate a ton of production. So, you know, there's other guys who, who fit this profile of going to be on the field a lot playing because they're going to get the playing time that are going to play a lot more than he is. All right, moving on to the next game. We have Arizona against Tennessee Titans. We get to look at another Penn State legend, Trace McSorley. Um, I know you are a big hater on him and thinks he's not very good, but I would like to on record saying he is better than Skylar Thompson. I'm not saying he is good, but I'm saying he's at least a better player than Skylar. However, I think Skylar's a little bit uh, better in the mobility standpoint which Chris and I talked about a little bit before the show. So what's your thoughts here on McSorley? And are you worried a little bit about Guarantano playing uh, on the back end? Look, liking Trace McSorley is like, it's like when you go to the friend, if you have a friend who has uglier friends, then they go to the bar. They're just going to look a lot better by comparison. And this slate doesn't necessarily look that great. So Trace McSorley looks pretty good on this slate on DraftKings. Uh, On FanDuel, not as much because you've got the Bryce Perkins situation, but you know, compared to Jared Guarantano, I mean, he's God. He might as well be put his bust in the Hall of Fame at this point. Like McSorley's guy who can get out there, uh, certainly produce with his legs, but he's been doing it more uh, in the passing game here this summer. I mean, he's certainly been showing that he's someone who can get it done for fantasy. So why not go back to the well? Looks like he's going to play a lot here. I mean, I can safely say that he's going to play a half. And it's pretty likely that he's going to play a lot more than that based on what we've been seeing from this team. You know, they're, they're not going to have Jared Guarantano on the team for this year at all. There's no reason to waste snaps on him. 
Yeah, moving on to the running backs. I actually do see some running back spots I like. If Jonathan Ward is out here, it would make me think that Keontae Ingram gets a significant amount of snaps. Do you see it the same way? Absolutely. I mean, Darrell Williams is not someone that we can foresee having a lot of snaps in this game. You never know. I mean, teams. Mark Ingram scored two touchdowns last night, so anything can happen. But I would say that it's looking quite likely that Ingram is going to be out there. I uh, certainly got the more versatile skill set by a little bit than, you know, Benjamin, who just consistently underwhelms us at every chance that he gives us. Uh, no reason to fall in love with Eno here. Ingram's the guy for me. All right, moving into the receivers. This actually is the one spot of overlap for me today, Chris. Did you know that Andy Isabella's brother, Joey Isabella, is a starting receiver for Duquesne? Because I've been staring at him uh, in, in the college football street. So looking at the actual good Isabella here in the professional game, we have Isabella and Greg Dorch absolutely played a load of snaps last week. We talked him up last week. Should be a very similar type situation here. Um, I will say Victor Bolden will probably go on yep. your own. We did see a lot of snaps out of Bolden. So he's probably a better GPP uh, player from that perspective. So what is your thoughts here on the uh, receiving core for Arizona? Yeah, we're sharing a brain here. Definitely Bolden is the guy that's going to be the third most owned of those three guys for a couple of different reasons. And the guy that I would therefore like the best for a tournament setting but Isabella is explosive. Greg Dorch is a guy who's been getting talked up and targeted heavily in practices. So I don't think that you can discount these guys just because of their ownership at the top. I think you obviously want to be mindful of it when setting your exposures if you're playing a lot of lineups. But I do like all three of those guys and certainly guys I'm going to get a little taste of when I make my teams here. All right, moving over to the tight end situation. Trey McBride played a lot last week, but was not as productive as one would hope. Are you going back to the Trey McBride well this week? 100%. I mean, I mean that's exactly. I, I like it even better that he didn't do anything last week. I mean, this this is not someone that this team is just like, oh well, he didn't do anything too bad. I guess we'll give up on him. Like they're definitely going to look at what happened last week and maybe potentially even scheme some ways to get him involved. I mean, he's missed time this in this camp. This is a player they want to develop. They're hoping that he can play in the regular season. And you know, they're, they're not keeping Bernard Psychovitz. Uh, like he's an international pathway player. So they don't even have to keep him on the practice squad. Uh, people don't even know who Chris Pierce Jr. is. So Trey McBride is the guy that I think that this team wants to develop for this particular game. And I do expect them to try to get him some targets. All right. Moving over to the Tennessee Titans. We see a situation where Malik Willis and Logan Woodside both played a about a half last week. My concern here in regards to Willis, if Willis was playing the full, full game, like we're giving Willis a full game, lock and load, I wouldn't worry about anyone else. But I'm worried that his snap count is going to be significantly less than Skylar Thompson and Trace McSorley. Is that how you're envisioning it playing out tonight? Not exactly. So a little tidbit of information since you've been in the college football streets all night. They, they worked out Kirk Bankert this week. So this is me galaxy branding it again, Sean, just like the – DJ Dallas shit that I did last night. But if they're if you're trying out Kurt Banker for your football team at this point in time, what does that generally tell you? One of your quarterbacks must not be very good. And I don't think it's Willis. So I don't think they have a lot of interest in keeping Logan Woodside for the long term. I think they've pretty much had it with this jabroni. So I am expecting Willis, a guy that they do want to develop for the long term and get some experience here with really no downside to be the guy that they are running out there for at least a half in this game and probably more. I don't necessarily think that he's going to reach those high of highs that we see some other quarterbacks reach playing time wise, 
But with his efficiency and potential rushing ability, I do think it puts him squarely in play. There's no reason to shy away from him other than ownership. For sure. And for those that are watching here today on YouTube, do not forget to smash the like button and also subscribe to the channel uh, so you can get all kinds of good show notifications when we go live in the future. Moving on to the running back spot here. Uh, it looks like it's probably going to be Chestnut and Haskins again for the most part. That's what we saw last week. I definitely like both of them. However, Trenton Cannon is back. How do you think Trenton Cannon could play into this situation? I've never really thought of Trenton Cannon as a running back. He's one of these guys that's skills is better suited for special teams. He does take snaps every now and then as a runner. And maybe there's some chance that he eats away a little bit at what these guys are doing, but we're still not talking about like, if he takes away from those guys, I don't expect Dontrell Hilliard to play much. Right. Like that would just be a reason for them to not play Dontrell Hilliard in my mind, if they wanted to play Trenton Cannon as a back. So I'm still looking at Chestnut and Haskins as guys who are going to be on the field. A lot. The problem is these two, these are two like snow plows out there. Like, I mean, they're like just big, bigger dudes that just run in a straight line or whatever. Like they're just, you know, they're not like electrifying players in my mind. These are, these are like four yards in a cloud of dust type of dudes. But if you get them on the four yard line and they get four yards, well then you're in good shape. So that's why I do like both of them tonight. Yeah, I will say, so basically what the Titans went for in terms of running backs is they went for the size of Derrick Henry they just left out the speed and athleticism parts of the Derrick Henry build. <laughs> and it's pretty evident when you watch these guys play. Uh, so definitely that is how the running back situation breaks down there. Uh, for me, the receivers are a bit too thick uh, because you're going to see a lot of two tight ends and tight end situations in general from the Titans. That's how they run their offense. So Roberson for me is the one guy maybe I'd consider. Uh, he's a home run threat at SMU. He had like 20 yards per target or 20 yards per catch. He was uh, a massive deep threat. So, What's your thoughts here on the uh, Tennessee receiving court? No, we're seeing it the same. On my giant list of receivers that, like, you know, possibly could get it done in, like, some universe, Roberson is on it. But, again, he's, like, way down the list and not, you know, I'm, I'm sharing a brain with you pretty much exactly how you see this team. Not my favorite. Roberson is the dart throw. All right. Moving into the tight end situation here. We have Okonkwo playing 37% of snaps. We are seeing a lot of tight end snaps, though, which we just talked about. Uh, you see more than 100%. That is because they are running two tight end sets on a decent amount of occasion. So what is your thoughts here with the Tennessee uh, tight end group? I think there's a there's a shot for Chig to do better than he's been doing. He had one catch. It happened to be a touchdown last week. So he bailed whoever – I don't think anyone was really on him last week, but he bailed whoever was on him out. Uh, Hudson's – probably not going to play. Sure, he didn't practice on the 25th. I'll say that, right? So there's a risk that he doesn't play here. Uh, there's nobody else on this team that they definitely sh will be guaranteeing snaps to. I mean, I don't even, you know, David Wells played half the snaps, but he's, I think he's like a blocking type, right? He's not like a pass receiver. I think Chig is the guy who would be the target in the pass game playing the Hoover role. And the guy that I would be playing here, he's like maybe fifth or sixth on my list tonight. For sure. All right, next game up, we have the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns. So starting off with the Chicago Bears here, uh, we're expecting to see starters play a pretty significant amount. I will keep it short and sweet. That basically means you rule out the entire team because that's not enough for the justification at um, at most of the, at quarterback and running back because if those guys are playing that much, it's probably not enough to get there. And then it just eats into the back end stuff. So what is your thoughts here with Chicago as a whole? We'll just skip the position by position and talk about them as a whole. 
Sure. So if you're like a, a galaxy brain tournament player, Justin Fields, could he get two touchdown drives and 25 to 30 snaps? Yes. So, okay. You want to make that case. That's fine. Not one of my favorite plays, but you could, you could imagine the universe where it all went to hell and he ended up getting it done on DraftKings. Okay. Uh, the, you're not going to hear me tout it. It's something that could happen. I'm just explaining to you, you know, what it actually takes to win a tournament here at the quarterback position and preseason two touchdowns will usually do the trick. Um, now, Darrington Evans is a player that I think that you could be using on this slate because of his receiving capability, because it's possible that Ebner doesn't play, and because it's possible that Montgomery and Herbert, if any of the starters are going to come out before that 25 to 30 snap mark, I think it might be those guys. So Evans is the guy that has like the distribution curve where he's good enough if it's kind of split the way it is right now where it's fairly even, but he's got more upside on that playing time. And I think that that's really what we're looking for in tournaments here is a guy who can only go north, and I'm pretty sure that's him. Yeah, definitely. All right, moving over to the other side of things with the Cleveland Browns. Um, we're going to see a situation here where, again, very split. We see one to one and a half quarters from every single person here. Uh, the one person that sort of stood out to me a little bit, I guess, is John Kelly. But again, we'll try to keep this short and sweet. Mike Harley Jr. played 82% last week. So talking about the Browns as a whole, what is your thoughts here in this game? There's a good chance I don't play a single Browns player in this entire – like I see what you're seeing here with some of these snap counts from last week. But if you're going to be playing Brissett for, you know, a quarter, quarter and a half, you know, some amount of time here, I mean, that's going to eat into what you're going to see come out from Dobbs and it's going to eat into what's going to be out there for Rosen, which is bad for the opposing defense. You want as much – Rosen against the opposing defense as possible. But I would say that just in general, two, two split up, I don't see anyone getting the huge consolidation of snaps that we really like. If it happens, it's just not something I feel comfortable predicting. The only names on my list, like you mentioned, some of these wide receivers, you because of how thin they are with uh, Woods and Baldwin possibly not being available, uh, you could be looking at Harley and Bradley as guys who could play a lot of snaps. And there's some chance that David Bell could use this opportunity to get an uptick in what he's been doing just as they ramp him back from injury. He's someone that they're going to want some experience prior to the regular season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that game for me is definitely the stinker of the group. Uh, you, Whenever you see the starters playing, you see everyone being split up. Like that's just the game. You're just like, okay, let's just move on and X out. All right, next game up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Indianapolis Colts. So starting here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, we see that Tom Brady will start here. That is a little bit uh, unexpected to me going into this week. So what is your expectation from the Buccaneers here? Do you see this as their dress rehearsal? They played 26% of the snaps last year in the same spot, right? So that's what I'm expecting. Uh, maybe less. But I would expect, you know, Brady usually does take a, like a pretty good chunk of playing time in at least one of the games going back to New England days. So I, I would expect them to be out there for a little bit. It's just not someone I'm going to play. Uh, you know, I, I just don't, I can't justify it. So good luck to you if you're playing Tom Brady. He's a good football player, I've heard. Um, Kyle Trask, you know, maybe he'll play a half, but he's garbage, so no thanks. Uh, you get into the running backs where you've got three of them probably going at it again. But unfortunately, uh, Leonard Fournette probably going to play a pretty good amount of the time that we see Tom Brady. So maybe a split situation, maybe not the best spot on the slate. These guys are pretty good, especially Rashad White. So if you're looking for efficiency, dip your toe there. Uh, wide receiver position, no thanks. Yeah, it's a, it's a situation where it's it's a bit murky as a whole from them. Uh, 
I will say I do like my boy Jared Stearns. Uh, he's always involved. He's always active as well. All right, moving over to Indianapolis side of things. Um, we're going to go and expect a quarter to two quarters again, a quarter and a half. So basically we're seeing a ginormous uh, sort of mishmash of everyone. Like the only people that we see last week that played a lot were Strachan and Patman and some of these back-end receivers. But if we're expecting Michael Pittman and these guys to play here, again, I'm seeing the same sort of ichnay on the game. Do you see anyone on India yet that you like at all? Not, not a ton. So if you, I mean, the running backs, the problem is they're playing Tampa Bay, a pretty good run defense if they're playing any kind of starters. So that kind of hurts Philip Lindsay's chances to get it done early in the game. You know, with the starters being out there, maybe there's some kind of chance that they're efficient and get to the end zone. Lindsay has a chance, but it's like you're squinting at this point in time. But there's no real great running back plays on the slate, right? So like I'm looking at everyone with an, with an open mind and trying to imagine the situation they get it done. Devontae Price, they're going to evaluate. He'll play later in the game against worse defenders. So maybe Devontae Price is a guy who gets it done, but the problem is he pretty much stinks. So, yeah, uh, I've seen it your way. Uh, one thing I want to note at receiver, Alec Pierce is a red zone threat, and if they do get it down there, uh, he's someone who can get in the box uh, and someone they may actually scheme to try to get in the box just because of his potential position on the team for the regular season in the dress rehearsal format. So I wouldn't immediately say he could never do it, but there's no amazing plays at any of those three positions I just mentioned. I do want to mention the tight ends, though, uh, specifically Granson and Jelani Woods. Um, these are definitely two receiving first tight ends on a team that also likes to run two tight end sets and scheme looks to their tight ends. Both of these guys have a chance at a tight end position that's definitely weak. Uh, Granson is the guy that I slightly prefer over Woods because this is the dress rehearsal game. I do think that he'll ultimately be the two on this team, but I, I don't think you can rule those guys out at all. Uh, but at the same time, they're not guys that I'm in love with. They're like, you know, 10th, 11th on my list or something. Yeah, I will say in terms of Jelani Woods, if you guys have not watched him, his hands are like stones. The guy just like goes out there and just like flails <laughs> his arms into it. But he is a receiving option at tight end. He just sometimes lacks the receiving. But he's a big, powerful dude. He's huge. Like if you watch him, he's like a monster out there, um, at least in the collegiate game. All right, moving to the last game of the night, we have the Minnesota Vikings and Denver Broncos. So starting out here with the Minnesota side of things, starters will not play. Uh, we're expecting a bit of a mix-up here at quarterback. So what is your thoughts here on Minnesota as a whole? Well, yeah, they traded for Nick Mullins. So, like, this is just a catastrophe at quarterback. They can't do anything on offense because they stink. Uh, John Mannion is probably going to play more than anyone else in this game. That's the way we're expecting it to go down. So, I mean, if you – well, no, you're not playing any of the quarterbacks. But if you think that they can actually get the job done, there might be some receivers that we're looking at here in this game. And I'm not totally disinterested in – someone like a Ty Chandler at running back because he was banged up last week, didn't get the snaps. think that maybe he could he could bounce back, and he's been really efficient. So he's just a player that I think might actually be kind of good. So I, I wouldn't rule him out as a play here. But um, jump into the wide receiver's position just because I want to get this moving. Amir Smith-Marset and Olavisi Johnson, uh, to a lesser extent, Jalen Naylor and Tristan Jackson. There's, there's not going to be a thick rotation at wide receiver on this team. And if one of these quarterbacks can, can actually complete forward passes, they have a real chance because of how thin they are. So Marset's the guy that I like the best just because I think he's the best player. But I think any one of those guys you could make a case for is going to be out there for a long time and therefore viable in preseason. Yeah, no doubt on that part of things. All right, moving over to the Denver Broncos side of things here. Uh, the last team on the night that we'll look at. Again, we do expect Brett Rippon to play quite a bit. So – 
that is in his favor. However, when you look at other quarterbacks, there are more mobile guys than Brett Rippon, and there's guys that probably will play more than Brett Rippon. So looking at Denver as a whole, anybody here that you like at all? First of all, I played Josh Johnson in the second half before I played Rippon in the first half, right? Because he's, you know, he's the guy that had the big fantasy games on his profile. Brett Rippon, none to speak of. Um, for some reason, I looked at how backs had done against the Vikings defense so far in preseason. And it's been the 49ers and the Raiders, grant you, two pretty strong running teams. But they've actually absolutely racked up a bunch of yardage. So the Vikings or the Broncos have struggled on the ground in their first couple of games. Maybe this could be a bounce back spot. They are thin. They had to just sign Divino Ozigbo the 22nd. And, and you know, Mike Boone, generally speaking, probably not going to play a ton. I kind of like Jaquan Party here. Actually, I know I like Jaquan Party here, not because he's a good player, but because I do think there's a chance for him to play a lot, unless you think for some reason that Zigbo is going to come in here and just like get a ton of carries at the end of this game. But still, I think Hardy will play enough of this game with a feature role in the backfield that he'll be someone that I'm very highly interested in playing for the slate. Yeah, it's a situation where I definitely could see that. I could see Ozigbo gets a back end run like totally at the end where he's just running the ball in the middle. Uh, but overall, I agree with you. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the slate today. Everyone, please be sure to smash the like and subscribe buttons on the YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate it. Chris, any last thoughts and rundowns on players tonight that you really like? Yeah, so I just want to talk about ownership really quick on the slate as my final parting shot here. I think that there is there is a couple of plays, uh, especially on FanDuel, where you're going to see a lot of ownership consolidated. And I do think that there's just so many different options on this slate that it's a mistake to get overly ambitious about any of these especially these running back plays. Like, I don't think there's any plays that are so good on this slate that they're deserving of high ownership. And yet, because people tend to gravitate to a lot of the same plays in preseason, there's going to be some high ownership on people. So you definitely want to think about spreading your exposure out if you're playing a lot of lineups. I do think that there's an opportunity for getting ahead of the field on a bunch of different guys. Yeah, I will second that. I think that for some guys, like, if you think a guy's going to play 80 90% and see, like, 10 to 12 targets or, like, 15-plus touches – that's one thing. But if there's a guy that's just like pretty similar to everyone else, and it's like this guy's going to get four to six targets, there's no reason to really just jam him in if he's going to be high owned. You'd much rather be on someone else that's also going to get four to six targets that's at 10% the ownership that that person's at. So I totally agree. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us for this last preseason show. Uh, we will have some content still tomorrow. Just so you guys are aware, we'll still have our plays and stuff, and I'll be in the Discord answering questions for people. Um, but this will be the last show for the preseason. We appreciate you guys uh, coming around and hanging out with us during this wonderful three-week stretch. Good luck to everyone in the regular season, and good luck tonight. For Chris, I'm Sean. We'll see you guys later.